Welcome to the Goonies Hockey Podcast with Dylan Jordan, Chris Collier, and Zachary Clarkson. Support the show by liking us on Facebook. Follow on Twitter at The Goonies Pod. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is a special edition of the Goonies Hockey Podcast, post-deadline recap. Uh, we don't have a full panel here today, I just have Chris joining me. Hey. Yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about uh, all the deadline, just the, the trade deadline day trades, not all the, the pre-deadline day trades, because that's way too many trades to go through, and we don't, we don't have a lot of time. But we're going to do the trade deadline day trades. This isn't going to be a long podcast by any means. Probably about 30, 40 minutes. We're going to we'll jump. See. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to jump right into <laughs> it with the uh, the first move on Monday morning at 12, 21 a.m. The uh, San Jose Sharks acquired Gustav Nyquist for a 2019 second round pick and a 2020 third round pick. Um, Nyquist has 49 points. In 62 games this season, he's having uh, a career-high season. That's what I'm trying to say. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, he's been slotted on the third line in the second power play unit on the point. My my initial thoughts about this trade is, like, why did you need this? Like, maybe I, I get the insurance part of it, but did they really need to give up a second and a third rounder for Nyquist? Like, couldn't they just replace... That's what I'm saying, because, I mean, Nyquist... I mean, I'm probably biased. I mean, I am biased. There's no probably. He played for the Red Wing, so I obviously didn't look like the Red Wing. And I didn't watch him play a whole but uh, but I personally don't think he's like that great of a player. I mean, he'd be point-ish player a year, forty between 40 and 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a second and a third was the going price for Zuccarello. And I think Zuccarello's, you know, obviously he was. So and I think they overpaid. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I mean, I guess they did want some depth, so... Uh, I mean, he'll he'll be a fine player, and I don't see any problems with it, but I do think they overpaid. Yeah, just a quick side note about the Zuccarello trade. Uh, That's just awful that he played his first game in Dallas and he broke his arm off a block shot. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, dude dude had two points in, like, like a period and a half of play, and he blocks a shot and it breaks his arm, and... I mean, he might be back for playoffs if they get in, but that's the that's the thing. Are they going to get in? So yeah, it really sucks for him. I I like Zuccarello a lot, and I hate to see that happen. It, it's really unfortunate. And just imagine if he doesn't resign. Like how crazy that's going to be. He'll play one game as a star. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think he's going to go back to the Big Apple because of uh, how many close friends, including Lundqvist, who basically cried, well, did cry over him leaving. Uh, that was a really emotional video. Um, that was so sweet. I love Lundqvist. Yeah, no, you could you could tell how much he he cares about all his his teammates. Well, uh, they went like didn't he and Zuccarello? Don't they like travel in the summer together? I mean, I'm pretty. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they do. Cause, you know, Sweden and Norway are pretty close, and uh, and I'm pretty sure they'll travel together and they kind of go visit each other's hometown from time to time. And like, I feel like they're really close friends. Ryan Whitney or. Paul Bizonette said something about them hosting a charity game over in Norway. Yes, that's right. I yeah. knew I heard something about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like really big, really big. They get a lot of Rangers uh, players and a lot of other NHL uh, players to come and pr- participate in it. So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a big connection with Zook. What did he spend, like 10 years in New York, I believe? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, back to the Nyquist trade. I just think it's like... 
Doug Wilson just like trying to cover everything uh, about his team this year because I think he's seeing the windows like really closing on players like Pavelski and Thornton and mm-hmm. uh, they're all getting older. Brent Burns is getting older, um, but really they didn't they didn't address something that they really needed to address, which was goaltending. I know they tried to get Ryan Miller from Anaheim, but Ryan Miller was like, nah, I want to stay in Anaheim, so they couldn't do it. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go out and try to get a, uh, like, a rental goalie, like, maybe, like, a Brian Elliott, just to have, like, some insurance if Martin Jones either gets injured or just doesn't play very well. Yeah, I mean, Martin Jones is, is a pretty league-average goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if he if he can just hold it together through the playoffs, I think they could they can still make a run, but like you said, he can, his downs are pretty, pretty down. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So just overall, I think it's you can't really judge it too much because it's like an insurance thing, and they're going all in this year. So I, I give it like a like an average trade. It could work out really well, or it couldn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean personally, I would much rather have. I mean, of course, I'm a Prince fan, but mm-hmm. I would rather have Boyle for the second round than Gustav Nyquist for a second and a third. Like I like our trade a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Because of the the intangibles. Yes, exactly. I mean, he's not going to put the same amount of points, but we needed help on the power play, and you know, he's a good depth player. We need size, so it just I feel like the fit works better in terms of what you're asking for. And they, I, I, like I said, I think they slightly overpaid for somebody who's just a 40 point player and is going to be a third line guy. All right, so our, our next trade happened at 9:33 a.m. Monday morning. The Blue Jackets acquired Keith Kincaid from the uh, New Jersey Devils for the Devils' 2022 fifth-round pick, which I think is hilarious. Uh, that is so far off, and that could just yep. be like a throwaway draft pick like from now until then. Like They might not even have that draft pick by then. So, Well, I was, uh, I was actually listening to uh, NHL radio on, uh, on SiriusXM, and supposedly uh, this was just a favor from the Blue Jackets. They... Uh, they basically just kind of threw the devils a bone and were like, "Here, you can have uh, you can have this fifth round pick pick four years from now, three or four years from now, uh, just because I think the devils knew that Kincaid wasn't going to resign. So mm-hmm. uh, the Blue Jackets were more or less just throwing them a bone, just saying, "Here, you can have something for them so that it, you don't lose them in the you know, basically just better than nothing kind of thing." <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I like Kincaid. I think he's a good goalie. I don't know about you, but I like him. Yeah, I mean, in the same. Yeah, in the scenario of, of Bobrovsky being uh, playoff Bobrovsky again, and they have to throw <laughs> Keith Kincaid in there, uh, I don't really trust him. I mean, his stats really don't reflect anything spectacular. So, no, I mean, in I don't think there's any chance in hell that Torts even does play him mm-hmm. uh, because Torts actually really likes Corpusalo. Uh, I don't like if if Bob does falter in the playoffs, I think Corpusalo will be there because he he. He lives and dies by that kid. Like, he really likes Corpusolo, so I don't even think Kincaid would get a shot even if that did happen. Yeah, I just, I don't know, like, it's it's Bob who has the really decent numbers, and then both of these backups are just, like, subpar. And, yeah. you know, maybe they're still, maybe, well, maybe not in Keith Kincaid's uh, scenario, but Corpusolo is probably still growing, so, you know, he still has some potential. I mean... And to be fair, Keith has been playing in New Jersey, which doesn't have the greatest defense, too, so... Right, right, you're right. Just in all fairness. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, yeah, the Blue Jackets' uh, defense is way better than New Jersey's, so maybe oh, yeah. he, maybe he can be a um, a good a good goalie like, like, a, like a Brian Elliott in St. Louis if he gets proper, you know defense but it's it's an it's a nice little insurance trade so i mean it's it's basically a 
it's basically they just basically gave up uh, Keith Kincaid for for nothing. So uh, right, yeah. I have no problem with it. It's 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 a good it's a good trade by the Blue Jackets. I mean, the Devils get something. Yeah, the Devils get something, and the Blue Jackets get a player that's like you said, depth and insurance. So perfectly yeah. cool by it. I, I think it's I think it's a good trade for the Blue Jackets. Yeah. All right, so we got our first big trade at eleven eleven a.m. Ooh, make a wish. Uh, <laughs> the Rangers send Kevin Hayes to the Jets for uh, what is it? A 2019 first round pick for Brendan Lemieux and a conditional 2022 fourth round pick. Once again, with these way off trades or, or draft picks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming that Kevin Hayes is probably going to play 2C behind uh, Mark Shifley. Yeah, I, I love this trade because uh, I think that Kevin Hayes is the perfect. Um, they're calling him a winger in this article, but I think he's probably going to be a center in uh, Winnipeg. I think he's perfect to get uh, Patrick Laine going. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, really like Kevin Hayes, honestly. I think he's a he's a really good player. I don't think his stats have ne- necessarily reflected it mm-hmm. uh, because he's been in New York. Uh, but, I mean, I think he's a really solid player. And it, I hate to see this trade, honestly, because like, obviously as a Preds fan, right. I don't want to <laughs> see the Jets get any better. But they just got, got so much better with him. Um, I mean... I think, yeah, they have him playing on the second line right now with Ehlers and Connor, and that's a scary line. And they're, like, the Jets are just already so big. Like, their their size is just incredible. And then they add a 6'5 second line center like this. It's just crazy. Uh, but, no, I think it's a really good trade. I think Kevin Hayes is a really good player. And uh, this is, uh, I mean, this is really going to benefit the Jets, I think. This, I think this move has to put them as the favorites out of the central. Yeah, they got like you said, they got him playing uh, second line with uh, Connor and Ehlers, and then they have him on the wing for the second power play unit. So, uh, you know, just good good depth. You know, really, they're really strong down the the uh, the center position now. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to get over the hump. They're trying to win win Stanley Cup. Uh, uh, I still don't think they're the favorites to come out of the West, but they're definitely uh, a stronger team now. Yeah, they're they're really strong. I, the only thing that still holds me back from just putting them as the the Cup champions already is just I don't love their defense still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I mean they still have a good defense. It's just not, you know. I mean when you have when you have Bufflin playing and when you have Morrissey playing, like the top four looks really good because you have Bufflin, Truba, uh, Morrissey, and Myers, which Myers is hit or miss. Um, but then your bottom two is uh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, 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 Kulikov. Uh, they have they have several different guys that they uh, rotate okay. out. I mean uh, I don't even know who it is at any given time, but their their third pairing is pretty weak. And uh, but I mean if you just have one injury to that top four, it's automatically a lot less scary. Um, so uh, as long if they can stay healthy on the back end, then I think they're really scary. But uh, otherwise, I'm not. Their their defense is too weak to make a run, in my opinion. So as long as everybody stays healthy, they're good. But you know, like I said, yeah, and that just reminded me. We need to do our um, post post deadline uh, Stanley Cup picks after this. Oh yeah, yeah. That just that just made me think of it because um, I I don't have the, the the Flames anymore. But we'll get to that because they did they didn't do anything. Um, so our next trade. Our next major trade that we're going to talk about didn't happen until all the way at 1.34 p.m. The uh, the Colorado Avalanche got a uh, player that's kind of been turning down ever since his uh, stint in Ottawa, 
Uh, Derek Broussard went to the Colorado Avalanche for a conditional 2026 round pick, and Florida sending a 20 or while well, sending Florida a 2023 round selection. Basically, uh, the Avalanche are just trying to either beef up their wing or their their center depth, uh, maybe to get maybe a wild card spot to lock down that wild card spot. Um, I really don't like Derek Rossard anymore. I think he's. Um, <laughs> I think it's. Yeah, he's kind of washed up at this point. Yeah, I think it, I think the end, the end was when uh, basically the end of his career was when uh, the New York Rangers traded him to Ottawa for Zabinajad. I think that was pretty much it. Uh, he played well in Ottawa for a little bit, and then he kind of he kind of went stale. So I just I don't like this trade. Talk about a trade that didn't work out. Broussard for Zabinajad. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was bad. Really bad in hindsight. Yeah. But yeah, this this uh, Avalanche acquiring Derek Broussard, I don't even think uh, all the talent, the young talent that can be around him and all the places he can be slotted is going to help him out in Colorado. I just, I don't think it, they didn't give up a lot because, you know, I'm trying to, Colorado received a conditional 2026 round pick and then they send, while well, sending Florida to the uh, 2023 round selection. So they, they only gave up a third. I mean, it's in I mean, the, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, I don't really care about this right now, honestly, it's, I yeah. think it does make Colorado deeper, which they do struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't really scare me or anything. I mean, I think this might push Colorado over the hump to get a wild card spot, but I just don't really think Broussard's that big of a deal. I mean, he's going to be on their third line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just I don't uh, I don't see it being that big of a you know ground shaking move or anything. I think it's pretty. Uh, pretty run of the mill and i think a third round is probably fair i mean i think just a couple of years ago we we uh we traded colin wilson to him for a third round or mm-hmm. something of that nature i mean i think it's a pretty similar trade i think colin wilson's probably a little bit no i think they're probably pretty equal honestly colin wilson number seven is probably pretty equal at this point in their careers um but uh i mean it's just pretty same thing they like to make cheap little i mean i say cheap third round's not necessarily super cheap but mm-hmm. if you only throw a third round for something that, that is a good depth piece then then so be it do, go ahead and do it i mean they're they're probably a couple of years out from really taking over this so why not just you know you know after this draft next year they're going to be really stacked because they're going to get possibly two lottery picks yeah i mean it's it's a good little uh you know flyer to try but yeah it's it's not it's not a big deal uh and then our next depth trade came at 1.53 p.m. Uh, the Blue Jackets, uh, they're continuing to add. They um, acquired defenseman Adam McQuaid from the Rangers in exchange for a 2019 fourth-round pick and a 2019 seventh-round pick. Uh, I think they probably paid a little high for, you know, a fourth round for a- Adam McQuaid. But, you know, he, he's, uh, he's going to bring depth and he's going to bring meanness, you know, if they have to face, like, Washington or something in, in the playoffs. He can be a nice little uh, neutralizer for Tom Wilson. So, I mean, I have no problem with it. He probably he might even rotate out of the lineup, honestly. Yeah, it's a it's a throwaway trade for me, honestly. I, I, I mean, it's a fourth. How often people actually make it out of the fourth round? But I still think they overpaid just a little bit because I don't value worth very much at all. I mean, I'm just I'm impressed that the Rangers got anything back for him, basically. Yeah, that is good. Um, so yeah, it just adds grit to in my. In my opinion, it's just—it's kind of like the Cody McLeod trade with Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty similar, in my opinion. You know, yeah. So, It's—I mean, it, like you said, it adds grit, and it's going to be good if they do run up against somebody like Washington. So, 
I don't have any problem with it. As you'll see as a trend, Columbus is just trying to add depth and, uh, and you know, they're, they're doing their thing, trying to make a push. The Matt Duchesne uh, trade didn't happen on trade deadline day, but uh, what did you think about it since we we'll just go ahead and talk about it? Do you have the conditions? I can't even remember the exact conditions. Uh, I, can pull, I can pull it up, but what, what did you just think about? Oh, like, I have it. I have it. It was, uh, it was they traded Duchesne and Bergman for Abravov, I can't pronounce his name, yeah. Davidson, a 2019 or a 2020 first-round pick, and then a conditional first-round pick. Um, the uh, the initial reaction was that it was just that I don't really know that much about the, the prospects that were getting sent towards the Senators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I said, I, usually I'm pretty up on prospects, but I don't know a ton about those two guys. Um, and then a first-round pick, at least they recovered one of those and I honestly don't know the likelihood that Duchesne resigns. Like, no, I think he's uh, probably going to free agency. Uh, if he resigns, yes, yeah, I do too. Um, so that's why I str- they don't end up getting a second first-round pick, which I, I think that was the condition on it, was that they get the second one if he resigns. Mm-hmm. And I think that that doesn't look that great. But at least you got something for him and didn't let him walk. I mean, the Senators are going to be terrible. So, like I said, at least they got something, but... It would look a lot better if he did resign in Columbus. Do you think Columbus overpaid? Uh, no, I okay. don't. Well, I, I just struggle with this just because, like I said, I really don't know much about those prospects, and I don't want mm-hmm. to judge it if I don't know what those guys are going to be. I, I think I would like really study those guys and see what the what the deal with them is first. But uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty pretty fair trade from what I know of them. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think it's smart to add on that conditional, but I would I think my condition on that if I wanted to do this trade and I was uh, and I was the Senators I would do the 20 uh, 2019 first round pick and then the condition is is that I get a first if he resigns or a third if he doesn't you know what I'm saying so like yeah you're getting a first and a third no matter I think that's that would be more fair mm-hmm. but I mean they the senators aren't necessarily known for squeezing everything they can out of trades so. yeah pierre dorian is uh gotta be i would never want his job in a million years he's got to be under like 24 7 stress all the time you got you got a, a crazy lunatic owner and then you got players that don't want to resign because of that crazy lunatic owner i mean i think he's doing a, a really good job under all this pressure like he he is a a fairly good gm for him to have all these obstacles against him, so I can't argue with that. Yeah, just a little rant about Ottawa. I just wish Eugene—I uh, can't even say his name because I hate him so much. Eugene Melnick. I wish he would just sell the team, like for real. <laughs> but same. Uh, I okay. So full disclosure: when this happened, I really know what to think about it. Mm-hmm. I had to think about it for quite some time before I really conclusion because I didn't want to judge it emotionally. Uh-huh. Um, but I love it. Uh, at first, I was kind of skeptical. I don't even want to say skeptical. I was just kind of nervous about it just because somebody's so young that we, I think, clearly haven't ended up yet mm-hmm. um, for somebody who is more than but, uh But no, I absolutely do love it. Uh, it's kind of become more of... Uh, a, a topic since he's left, but apparently he's kind of been a, a locker room problem over the past few weeks, um, or not just past few weeks. It's been more prevalent over the past few weeks, and and, uh, and it seemed like he was becoming a little bit of a problem. Um, and then, you know, I'm gonna 
I'll always say that, you know, you, your problems can't exceed your talent. Mm-hmm. And I think that was starting to happen with him. And from him, and even though I think he does have more potential than what he's shown so far, uh, you know, his way is, uh, is, you know, it's up, uh, upside. And so I'm, uh, I'm perfectly cool with it. I love Granlin. I, I've liked him for years. I actually like a lot of the players in the wild, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be a really good uh, either second or third line guy at all that more depth. And he's a guy that can play wing or center. Um, and that, that makes me super happy. Right. Because uh, Fiala could only play on the wing. If he needs somebody to step in for Turris as that second line center, I think Grant do it. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily to bump him, but but yeah, I think it's a great addition, and he's he's definitely at the moment better than Fiala. Like, I don't think anybody can question that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just once again, Nashville acquired McQuarrel, uh Mikael Granlund from the Wild in exchange for winger Kevin Fiala. Uh, Granlin 26 is under contract next season at 49.63 games. I only repeated that because I think I might have lost it before I had you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Mikhail, okay. yeah, I think Mikhail Granlin is probably um, someone that's underperformed in Minnesota. And, you know, I don't know much about Kevin Fiala, so uh, I'll take your word on it about Kevin Fiala. Yeah, Fiala, Fiala he's a... Uh... So he's kind of been maligned here in the past uh, few, I guess, a year, actually, with Preds fans. Preds fans really crapped on him here lately. And I say lately as in the past year. Uh, because Fiala is one of those guys that he'll either uh, he'll either light the world on fire or absolutely dog crap games. He's not He doesn't have much of an in-between. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for whatever reason, he's one of those people that you always notice on the – I know some people can just go an entire game and you don't even notice that they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, like, always noticeable, even if he's, like, he'll either be god-awful or he'll be impressive stuff. And it did seem like here lately he's been more of the god-awful, <laughs> sadly. And um, and he'll like, – I, I do think he has a lot of potential, and I think he can he could potentially be a first or a second wild one day. But uh, I don't think the Preds had any more time to wait on him. You know, this is our – window and we need to make the push now um so uh I, like i said i think it's a really good trade and I, I love it for us like i said it did take me some time to like sit down and rationally think about it though because at first i was kind of upset just because i like fiala as a person and you know as a team you know i mean you become bonded with these guys and i liked him but uh but it, it does seem after all the reports came out that he's been got cancer in the locker room that uh it was best to move on right yeah, I think we're going to look back at this trade and it's going to be a fleece, you know, for the uh the Predators. I think uh I think I think Granlin can I think Granlin can eventually, you know, break out offensively and be the player that he was pretty much projected to be, but maybe was held back in Minnesota because of, you know, their their cap limitations and stuff. So. Yeah, and like the other thing too was that Paul obviously the GM of the the Wild now, and he was the assistant with uh, Nash for so many years. So, you know, he was clearly, uh, you know, one of the decision makers on uh, selecting uh, Fiala all those years ago. So uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty clear why he would want him back. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it benefited us that he hasn't seen the development lately. Mm-hmm. You can obviously see what he's been doing on the ice. And I think it might be beneficial to us that he having that since you know since he's left Minnesota. So uh, it, it was actually one of those things that probably worked out really well for us. A guy who drafted him, fell in love with him as a prospect, 
and then you know when you fall out don't get to see parts of the development and you just take him as a prospect i mean that's basically what fitton did and i mean i don't i don't necessarily think Poyo got it one over on him but i think it was a it was a a little bit of former co-worker uh, manipulation, I guess. Right. <laughs> do you think Do you think Fala, uh, Fiala is a bust? I, I don't know. I don't think he's a bust. I still think, it will, like I said, I still think he can be a top-line player for the while. So I think he's a lot slower to, to develop than most guys uh, nowadays. But, you know, now it's all about, you know, I mean, people are already calling Pulley Arby a bust. And I don't even think he's 21. He might be 21 this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of ridiculous the standards that we hold hockey prospects too because we expect them to be everything they're going to be by 21 um and i don't think that's fair by any means i mean you know you look at other sports you don't even make it to the nfl before you're 22 right uh, and then baseball star breaks out before he's 24 like tw- you know if you make it to the big leagues before you're 24 you're doing pretty good in baseball i mean i think it's just ridiculous that we expect you know hockey prospect the these all-stars at age 18 um, i mean it does obviously we see mcdavid and uh uh, Matthews, but uh, I just think it's absurd to expect that every single first-round pick is going to explode onto the scene within the first two years. You know, it does. Yeah, I just it does take time for some people. The NHL is a man's league, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it has to do with the fact with uh, Puliarvi's uh, situation is that he was just drafted so high that the expectations was that he was going to be in the league within one or two years. You know, already impacting, but. Yeah, you, but like I said, I don't even think that's fair to expect to care where you're drafted. I don't. I just don't think that's a fair expectation. I mean, maybe if you're first, but I mean, there there are down years. Like the draft's not always so you know amazing. <laughs> like during the down years, those picks might not blossom until later in their career. It's not going to happen every single year where you have guys that are 18 years old and light up the league. Yeah, that's very true. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to our next trade. Uh, one of the uh, bigger trades of the deadline, of the Monday deadline. Uh, the Senators unload Mark Stone to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they send their leading scorer, Mark Stone, to the Golden Knights for Oscar Lindberg, Eric Brandstrom, and a 2020 second round pick. I love this trade for Vegas because uh, they uh, they get so, so much better with Mark Stone in their top six. And, I mean, Eric Brandstrom is probably going to be the next Eric Carlson for Ottawa. Kind of ironic that they... Uh, they uh, they get rid of um, Eric Carlson and then they get Eric Carlson back, but then again I think that Vegas kind of got Mark Stone at probably like a discount price because it was so close to um, you know the deadline. But what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's a really good move for Vegas. Uh, uh, really hard to give up Brandstrom because like you said he is you know tipped to be the next Eric, but. I mean, he, even still, he's still technically a prospect. I mean, he's going to be. And you, I mean, if you just want to look at it as, trading it away two prospects in a second round, one of, if not one of the best uh, two-way players in the game. Um, you know, that's just, that's a really good deal for Vegas. And, I mean, even if Branson works, uh, I think both teams will be happy with this because, uh, you know, the Senators have somebody for the future and, and uh, Vegas has Mark Stone for eight more years, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a trade that that will work out for Vegas for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even bring that up that they uh, they signed him immediately to a contract extension once acquiring him. Uh, do you have the numbers on that? Because I do not have that pulled up right now. I don't have it pulled up actually. I do know it was an eight year. It was like nine point five or something of that nature. Yeah, it was somewhere in the nine million um, range. And I mean, if you just 
Right. If you, if you just looked at the trade as a uh, pay for those two prospects in the set for Mark Stone, who was coming to Bay Year, then that looks like a really fair trade. Right? Him to an eight-year deal immediately, that, that's when it becomes lopsided towards Vegas. Right. Mark Stone, I think, I think Vegas uh, – Got the uh, the best deal of the deadline. Um, they seem to they seem to just walk like on water pretty much when they do trades, uh, except for the Thomas Tatar one. But they just seem to get. God, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, they seem to just get what they want. Like it's just it's ridiculous. But we're gonna move on to our next trade uh, at 4 p.m. The Bruins bring in Marcus Johansson from the Devils in exchange for a 2019 second round pick and a 2024th round selection. Um, this trade is basically just the Bruins not getting Wayne Simmons or Mark Stone, just going to the emergency button. So I, I don't really think Marcus Johansson is all that great. So he, he's probably like a good like third line winger, but he's probably going to play in the top six. And it's I think uh, all all in whole Boston lost at this um, trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, when I think of. Johansson, I always think that he's very similar to uh, Bodker. They like in my mind, they're like almost the same player. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of overpaying for somebody of that that level. Uh, I mean, there in the past when he played with Washington, he was a lot better of a player. But ever since he's gone to New Jersey, he has struggled. So, uh, I mean, he's had some uh, injury problems, uh, but it's a pretty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm still, I mean, injury still I consider as a struggle. Right. Um, Boston, they just wanted somebody. It was just kind of like, I don't think it was a good move on their part, just because I think they were just kind of throwing up their hands and saying, well, we have to get somebody. You know, it was just kind of one of those situations. Yeah, and I I, I agree because um, Marcus Johansson, not really, uh, I mean, I know he was on the trading block, but like they're putting him in the top six, and he doesn't belong in the top six. He's more like a like a he should that that's what the Sharks like should have got instead of Gustav Nyquist, or maybe equivalent to Gustav Nyquist is just like a like a bottom six player that can just enhance your offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, I think it was just a an oh crap, we need to do something, and then that's what they went with, and I think they overpaid, and he's gonna. He, I think he's starting out on their second line, which is probably too high for him. But, you know, I mean, maybe maybe he helps them make, you know, a little bit deeper of a push in the playoffs, but I don't even really think that. I think it's just a pretty stagnant move, if you ask me. Yeah, it was just, a, just to make a move. And how far do you think Boston's going to get this year? Do you think they're, like, uh, a second-round exit again? I mean, I, I really like their team. I think it just depends on how healthy they are, honestly, because, I mean, uh, I really like their team, honestly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, second round at this at this moment, I think probably a second round exit. Yeah, because they've they've kind of slowed it down over the second half of the season. First half of the season, I thought that they might be in the Stanley Cup, but yeah, they've they've really faltered. Yeah, they've always relied heavily off of that first line, and you know the first line's going to dry up. I mean, we see it in Colorado, so yeah, exactly. And Pasta's hurt right now, so yeah, <laughs> that's and most of the reason they're slumping. And they're worried that he might be out longer than expected, so you never know with that situation. And you never and you never know what you're gonna get out of Tuca either, so Yeah. Yeah, the, the the Bruins are hard to predict just because you never know who's gonna be healthy and who's gonna be hot. I mean if they're hot, they're one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But 
if you know if it's one of those times that they're not hot then and Tuca's struggling then it's going to be a hard hard playoffs for them yeah I agree so we're going to move on to our second to last big trade or semi-big trade on the trade deadline the Penguins keep making stupid moves and I love it because um being a Philadelphia fan you always you always like to see the the, the mighty fall and the Penguins they uh they added Erica Branson Erica Branson from the Canucks in exchange for forward Tanner Pearson. Um, Tanner Pearson hasn't done anything this year. He came over from uh, L.A. for Carl Hagelin earlier this year. Uh, but Branson is a minus 27 in 57 games with Vancouver, while Pearson is hitting to his... Those are some good defensive stats right there. Yeah, I know. That, that's just... I mean, he's nothing more than just like a beat-em-up beat defenseman. You know, hard-nosed, body-check type of defenseman. Uh, I don't know what Jim Rutherford is doing. Like, uh, I was listening to a podcast a few days ago, uh, Broad Street Hockey, um, you know, the Philly podcast, and Charlie O'Connor was on, and he's one of the uh, well-respected uh, Philly writers, and he said um, he thinks that ever since um, Jim Rutherford basically stole just uh, Justin Schultz from Edmonton and made him into a great defenseman, but that he can just turn any blue liner into a, a, a top pair defenseman <laughs> or a top four defenseman. But he said that J- Justin Schultz was already good in Edmonton. He just wasn't being utilized right because it was Edmonton. Maybe Jim Rutherford just thinks that he has, like, the uh, the defensive coach guru. Um, yeah, I just I don't understand the trade. I mean, they, it, it's not like they gave up anything big in Tanner Pearson. I don't think he's anything more than, like, a bottom six player. At best. Yeah, I think I think I think Tanner Pearson's like a an above average bottom six player, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, even still, that's not giving up a lot, but still, it's it's something, and you're <laughs> you gave it up for arguably one of the worst defensemen in the entire league. So he signed until 2021. So good God, that's way too long. Yeah, way way too long. Him and Jack Johnson, that's the power couple right there. Yeah, the, the anchored anchored down. So I guess we're gonna we're gonna get to pull on some heartstrings yeah get to the uh the one trade that i don't really want to talk about but i guess we have to (laughs) so the philadelphia flyers are not going to make the playoffs this year and they had to make a um a tough decision at the trade deadline and they traded away wayne simmons for to nashville for ryan hartman in a 2024th round draft pick which turns into a third rounder if the Predators win a first round playoff series, which they will. I just, I, Simmons played eight seasons in Philly, and he's mm-hmm. my favorite player of all time. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a long time, it's just hard. But I, I mean, I think Ryan Hartman has a little bit of potential to give. And Fletcher said that he wanted to get a player that could be inserted into the lineup now instead of just getting, you know, future players because we already have enough of those. And. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe the market wasn't that high on Wayne Simmons or they weren't, you know, going to give up like a first round pick. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the return is okay. It could end up being better than what I, what it is right now. Um, I think Philly fans are going to like Ryan Hartman by the way he plays. He kind of plays similar to Simmons. What's your, what's your thoughts on the deal, Predator fan? I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um. It, it brings so much joy to my heart that we managed to pull Granlin and Simmons without having to give up Fabro, Tolvanen, or any first-round picks. Like, that is music to my ears. Um, you know, I mean, just for a fourth in Hartman, which 
All props to Poyle. So much props. We overpaid for Hartman last year. We gave a first for him. Mm-hmm. He He's one of the few GMs I have ever seen that will admit their mistake and uh, you know make a trade that rectifies that. And I think this fully rectifies that. You know, We made a mistake, gave a first for a guy who wasn't worth the first last season. And then this year he, he realizes it was an overpay, so he trades him away immediately, and we get a really good, really good forward. And I'm so excited about it. I think it was a great move. Hartman, I love Hartman. I, I think I like him way more than most Nashville fans. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a super, uh, super, what am I trying to say, high-energy player. He's going to play with heart. Um, I really like him. He's. I think he's going to be a perfect fit in Philly. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm going to miss Hartman, but I'll take it any day for Simmons. Like, I, I love that guy, and uh, he's going to be a really good fit in Nashville. Um and I'm I'm really really excited to see what he's gonna do with us. I'm I think he'll uh, I think he'll he'll pair well with us. And I think I, I did see that this morning he was skating with the fourth line, which I think is kind of strange. Um, I don't think that's where he'll stay, obviously. But um, they're just tinkering with the lines, trying to see where everybody's gonna fit in because they uh, uh, they currently have him. Oh no, he's on the third line today. But he's playing with Grimaldi and Gaudreau, which are two of our smaller guys. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll be a he'll be an awesome addition to our team, and for the price that we gave up, I would have never imagined that we would get Simmons that cheap. I thought Simmons would be going for, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think I thought he'd go for a first, but I thought he would go for at least like two seconds or a second and a prospect or something like that. So, I mean, I thought I thought it was a really good deal for us. Yeah, but I still can't believe we got yeah. the we did. Yeah, I mean, the Simmons trade didn't come through until like. 257 which was three minutes before the cutoff was and I think Chuck Fletcher mm-hmm. was trying to get a first round pick and nobody everyone was just like no nah, we're not doing that so then he um he had a trade with Calgary where he was going to get Sam Bennett and like a like a conditional second or third which uh I would have liked more than getting yeah, that's a lot better <laughs> yeah than the Ryan Hartman but then Calgary was uh Calgary said no to it because uh think something about like either Sam Bennett's wife was like in labor or maybe maybe I'm thinking of a different story I, I can't remember what Grand, the, wife was in labor. that's what it was <laughs> I think they did it because Sam Bennett said he didn't want to he didn't want to move or then there was also rumors that Simmons didn't want to go to a Canadian team I don't know I don't know which one is true but anyway he he panicked and then he just was like all right I guess I'm gonna take mm-hmm. the um, the Nashville Predators offer just to get something well, out of it I mean I know mm-hmm. I know it's not enough um for you but at least he got something and honestly there's probably a pretty good chance that he ends up coming back i mean i'm not saying that it's a hundred percent chance or but uh i mean if they can find a way to work the cap i think there's a you know at least like a 50 percent chance that he ends up back in philly next season so i mean if you can trade somebody away for to play you know 20 or 40 games and then end up getting them back the next season i think that's a good deal regardless Right. You just got a free player and a free pick if he doesn't end up coming back. And if not, at least you got something. Yeah, and I, I'm, uh, I would love to have him back. I just think that Fletcher's looking at like the big names like Duchesne and Panarin right now, and Simmons would be like number three after those guys. Because, I mean, I would absolutely love to have Simmons back, but I know that Philadelphia is planning on spending like a lot of money, even after you know Bryce Harper signing and, um, you know, the the Eagles, the the Phillies, and the the Sixers all have big name players now. They went out and spent money and got big players. 
so the, there's pressure on the Flyers to also do the same, and I think that's what we're going to do. And then if Simmons comes back on another team-friendly deal, which I hope he doesn't because I want him to get paid, but if he does because he just loves Philly that much, I'm 100% okay with that because I would love to see him hoist the Stanley Cup in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. And like I said, I'm super happy to have him, and I hope he, you know, we can find a way to keep him in Nashville because I'm I'm a Wayne Simmons fan. I've, I've, I've liked him for, you know, many years. He's always been one of my favorite non-predators. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and like I said, him slotting in is going to be so much fun because, <clears throat> you know, currently – Granlin's playing on the second line with Yarncroc and uh, Turris, but that's with uh, Craig Smith being out. So, uh, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of possibilities with our lineup once everybody's healthy. And I'm, I'm really happy. I think this gives us a better chance to make a run. Obviously, I, I, I think Granlin's an upgrade, and then Simmons is obviously an upgrade over Hartman. So it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Predators fan. I just – I. Honestly, if I'm just being 100% honest, I still don't think we have what it takes to be the Jets in a playoff series. But uh, but I like the move. I, th- I think it gives us a better chance. And, it, and if Simmons does resign, then I think that's an awesome move. Like, that's amazing. But if he doesn't resign, I still think it's a good move just because it was only a fourth-round pick and a guy who's a, you know, third-line guy. So, you know, it could be a lot worse, obviously. <laughs> so, so so with these trades, which trade do you think is the best? Are we agreeing that it's Mark Stone? Yeah, Mark Stone. I, I wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah, yeah, Mark Stone. All right, so with that, let's just quickly just go with our uh, Stanley Cup picks post-deadline. Ooh, okay. Uh, one second. You go ahead and go first because i got to think about it for just a moment. All right, so coming out of the West, um, I, I had Calgary, but they did nothing at the deadline. So I'm dropping Calgary now, and I'm going with uh, the San Jose Sharks. Like I mean, they just there's, they 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 made their trades. They're they're a stout team. It's going to be the San Jose Sharks for me. And then in the East, Columbus made a lot of moves, and they they're they're a good team now, like a pretty good team. But I don't know. I, I still don't think they have what it takes to get it done to get get into the you know to maybe maybe get all the first round, but I don't know about the second or third round. So. I don't. I'm not picking the Blue Jackets. Out of the East, I gotta go with Tampa Bay Lightning because nobody in the East really made any major major moves. Like Carolina didn't. Um, Washington. Washington's still a pretty stout team, but I don't know. I think this year Tampa Bay is probably gonna finally get over that hump. They figured them out. Um, I think Washington would be the only team that would stop Tampa Bay from coming out of the East. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay. It's going to be Tampa Bay and San Jose. I mean, I just I can't really see any other way. I mean, you know, you're usually proven wrong, you know, come playoff time because, you know, playoff. The randomness. <laughs> yeah, it's such a different – it's a whole different season. But I just – I can't confidently predict any other team except for San Jose and Tampa Bay to come out of the East and the West. And I had Toronto before in the East, but they lost, like, major defensemen like Gardner. And, and they lost another defenseman. Like, they're, like, week-to-week injuries. So if they have no defenders back back there, like, like you know, competent defensemen to help on the offense too, I just don't see Toronto coming out of the East. So it's it's got to be – it's got to be Tampa Bay. So San Jose and Tampa Bay. And for the Cup, I'm going to have to go with um, Tampa Bay because they'll have better goaltending. So Tampa Bay's finally going to get that Cup win. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we're thinking pretty similar here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
out of the East, at the moment, the only two teams I could possibly even see coming out are Tampa Bay and Toronto. Uh, and I agree, Tampa Bay is the by far favorite to make it. So Tampa Bay, I don't really have to think much about it. I think Tampa Bay is definitely the best team in the East. Um, as far as the West, I think there's three teams that are good enough to make the final. I think Nashville can make the final. I think Winnipeg can make the final. And I think San Jose can make the final. Mm-hmm. Uh with that being said, um, I, I probably like San Jose the best, mm-hmm. but they've almost been too strong for me this regular season. I know that sounds stupid, but usually you know, you falter if you've been that good in the regular season, which sounds even more stupid because I picked uh, Tampa Bay out of the East, but even though Tampa Bay is still in first, I don't feel like they've reached their potential. Does that make any sense to you at all? Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, because, I mean, they got like, a lot of players that haven't caught fire yet, like J.T. Yeah. Miller. And and I think I, I, I still haven't seen the best from Tampa, so that's why I think they're just going to light it up even more in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I'm just going to be confident with it, and I'm going to say Nashville is going to win out of the West. Oh, nice. Because... They haven't caught fire yet. We've been very spotty. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can put it all together and go on that run, uh, just in a couple more, you know, months, we'll be uh, we'll be in the Cup final. So probably just jinx this, but uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say uh, Nashville, Tampa Bay, and uh, I, Tampa Bay is just too strong, and I think Tampa Bay would uh, would win it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think I agree with you. Tampa Bay hoists the cup and finally gets over it. Yeah, and one reason I didn't say Vegas is because they're overworking Marc-Andre Fleury way too much. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I mean, they got a good top six, and they got a competent defensive core, but I just I think they'll probably be second-round exit. Oh, uh, uh, just uh, just a little side note. I'm watching the Nashville-Winnipeg game right now, and uh-huh. uh, Simmons is going slick off on a Jets player. <laughs> are, are they fighting? Uh, no, he, uh, he, I think there was a, oh, there was a cross check. Oh, it was a dirty hit. Tanev hit uh, Turris right in front of the bench. And uh, Simmons is like really in uh, Tanev's face, but the referee blew the whistle before anything could happen. Oh, that's Simmons. He always stands up for his teammates. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, he's like screaming from the bench. So oh. uh, I, w- I won't be surprised if there's a fight within the next yeah. five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys are you guys are gonna absolutely love Simmons. And love um, that and uh, that's that's gonna be all for our podcast tonight. A uh, little quick one, uh, not too long, just to uh, just to satisfy our fans, our thoughts about the deadline. So thank you, Chris, for joining me. Yeah, of course, I had fun. And. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. See you. Thanks for listening.